Welcome to the inaugural Wandering Warriors podcast. I'm Dan Parker, your host, Chief Operating Officer of Wandering Warriors. This podcast is the first of many as we'll look to drop probably about two podcasts a month. We'll be talking to a number of veterans and people involved in supporting the veteran community with a focus on topics ranging from the insights to modern day veterans' careers and how they approaching transition out of defence. We'll look at also how they have gone about mitigating risks associated with some of the pitfalls that we've fallen into. We'll also look at uh, leveraging one's service career and the experiences and skills that they've developed in service and how they've used that as a launching pad into their new career out of service. We'll also cover the role education has played uh, in pursuing post-service career opportunities and also approaches to finding one's new identity and purpose. I think this is kind of a really pertinent point that many of us leave defence into the unknown and we'll be discussing with a variety of speakers uh, and finding out what their true purpose and identity is in finding their true north. So this leads me to share the work that Wandering Warriors is doing in delivering education, employment, respite and mentoring programs to Special Forces veterans and their families. Some of the initiatives that have been raised are delivering some great outcomes uh, through our Wandering Warriors Education Pathways Program, namely the MBA scholarships through the University of Queensland and the Australian Graduate School of Management, University of New South Wales. But we're also working with Queensland and New South Wales government and respective TAFE systems there on technical and vocation studies. We've also got partnerships that have been established with defence industry and we also have Salesforce who are offering a free education and certification program for veterans and all their spouses. So if you want to know more, please feel free to reach out at education at wanderingwarriors.org. I'd like to make a, a shout out and a special mention to our sponsors. First up, Omni Executive, a management consultancy and strategic service organisation focused on government and regulated industry. They're a big employer of veterans uh, headquartered out of Canberra. Also, Stripe International that delivers strategic services uh, with a big presence overseas in the Middle East and Africa. And also Safran Group, a global high technology group operating in the aviation, defence and space markets. So with the formalities aside, I'd like to introduce our guest. He's currently the Chief Operating Officer at DroneShield, ASX-listed company, and off the back of a highly successful career with the Australian Army, this experience seen him complete about 17 years of service, 12 of those within Special Operations Command at 126, 2 Commando and 1 Commando, where he completed 11 operational deployments and took part in active service globally. His life journey hasn't been all that easy, nor has he transitioned out of defence, which we'll hear from him in a moment. We'll dig into what makes him tick, uh, see how he's prepared for his transition or how he prepared for his transition. We'll delve into the challenges he faced, discuss the advice that he, can, that he can give others that are transitioning or have transitioned, and we'll also look at his experiences in educating and reskilling himself uh, to ensure that, you know, what he does today to keep on keeping on. Look, he's a top bloke and I love to welcome James Gatley. James, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Dan. Thanks for having uh, me along, particularly for this first one. Uh, must admit, I'm a little uh, anxious to be first off the bat, considering the um, the, the immense 
uh, talent and experience that you have uh, within Wandering Warriors, uh, particularly some of the ambassadors that you have there. So uh, equally very keen to hear their stories as well as this podcast develops. Yeah, yeah. Look, we'll have uh, a number of uh, key speakers from Wandering Warriors and, and across the veteran community uh, participate. So how are you travelling through these unprecedented times? Obviously, we're going through what you could describe as very strange times. Um, uh, personally, um, the coronation's been the longest that I've been home in uh, about 18 months, so uh, my wife's happy. Um, the, uh, the the business has had to make some changes to ensure that we uh, can uh, survive uh, wh- whatever uh, may come uh, through the uncertain times. Uh, all of those have been ultimately um, good for us. Uh, um, but uh, you're right, it is uncertain, um, unprecedented, in fact, particularly for, for our generation and the generations before. So uh, equally, though, it's uh, very positive to see how quickly uh, organisations can transition into a working-from-home arrangement. Um, you know, we're, within Drone Shield, primarily focused on uh, defence and law enforcement, so, so government markets, and there hasn't been a huge uh, slow or change within uh, some of the projects that we've seen there. So ultimately, we're in a good place. Place. Well, fantastic. Yeah, I, I hope that we've kind of um, seen the back of, um, obviously, um, what I would say, these uncertain times uh, to some degree. I think that um, social distancing laws have obviously relaxed here in New South Wales, so we'll no doubt probably catch a beer and uh, continue the chat after this podcast. But um, which brings me to just... I'd love to kind of cover a bit of an overview of your career. Obviously, through the introduction, I kind of share with the listeners um, your experience somewhat. But, um, yeah, love to hear from the man himself. Certainly. Uh, Well, look, uh, from, uh, as you mentioned, 17 years uh, service with uh, the Army, that included both um, ARA or regular and and reserve service towards the end. Um, Interestingly, I I started my career as a a communicator, so um, which is where we first met some 20 years ago, which is uh, a little life story in itself. Um, We, uh, I then... um, about five years into uh, my career as a, a sysadmin uh, support um, uh, guy, uh, went down to, uh, was posted into 126. They were supporting for RAR Commando at the time that, that um, evolved into 2 Commando. Uh, I uh, was encouraged by uh, what I saw over the fence, so to speak, uh, and um, in 2006 completed uh, Commando Selection Reinforcement Cycle. Um, I've still remained employed within a communication support role uh, up until 2008, and then in 2008 transitioned over to a, uh, a ECN 079, so a Commando uh, role up until around 2014, which is where I departed and uh, was... Uh, part of a generation that uh, was was lucky to see uh, quite a large amount of active service. Uh, we uh, were, were very busy. The operational tempo was was high, um, and um, with that came the stresses, but also the rewards of, of that period. So, um, very humbled uh, by the people I was able to work with, uh, both as a communicator and then uh, within uh, Two Commando uh, specifically, and. Um, ultimately had a, an excellent experience. So very much uh, remain an ambassador for a defence career for anyone else that is, is looking to that as a, as a career path. 
So obviously, yeah, look, high tempo period during that time um, because you joined obviously pre um, September 11, um, 2001. Um, so, you know, from that point onward, um, the operational tempo just increased and increased and, and continued on. That's right. Look, I I wasn't part of that. Uh, my first deployment with, um, I, I guess that's attributed to what what's known as the global war on terror, so to speak, wasn't until two thousand and six. Uh, but everyone probably remembers where they were in um, September eleventh, um, two thousand and one. Uh, I was a young IET uh, in the army. Look, I was only I was a child, really. I was seventeen or eighteen at the time. Um, yeah, that's interesting because that wasn't necessarily the motivator to join, but it, it predicated what became uh, you know, the experience beyond that. Sounds interesting. And regarding your motivation to join, um, please share with us. Like, were you doing cadets? You know, you hear all these stories about you know people sitting there reading Bravo Two Zero and uh, obviously looking at um, the Iranian embassy siege uh, as being a you know significant point in their time. Uh, and a point that they kind of reference around, you know, really driving and motivating them to join the defence force, but also specifically around special forces. You know, what was uh, your underlying motivation? Uh, that's interesting. Look, I think uh, when you reflect on um, the, the people that you've worked with, everyone has a, a similar story and it falls into sort of one or you know, one of half a dozen um, uh, reasons or motivations for joining. Uh, I joined very young. I was, I was 17. So the minimum age that I could join, uh, I enlisted as, as a soldier. Uh, I had, uh, I was in, I was in a hurry to grow up effectively. Um, I uh, arguably was, was at a time where you could potentially not finish high school and still, uh, you know, enter the defence force and, and be relatively successful within some of the career paths that were there. Um, I don't necessarily know that that would be recommended um, for anyone uh, in, in the same position now uh, in terms of the, the high school certificate uh, completion. Uh, but personally, I was just, I was in a hurry to grow up. I was in a hurry to uh, start uh, working, but, but also looked at the uh, opportunities that the defence force more broadly would would bring, um, particularly from a uh, from a training and then and then and then a pay scale um, opportunity. Uh, equally, there was the uh, intent to get away from I wouldn't say a, a home situation, but um, with the opportunity of employment, also came the opportunities around travel and experience. And um, if if I was able to summarise all of the things that I wanted out of that sort of next phase of life, then d- the defence force, in, in my case, offered that. Yeah, um, a lot of boxes. Absolutely, uh, and uh, I didn't necessarily join with a this is a, a career path in in mind, um, but uh, ultimately happy with the way that it it evolved. So that leaves me to ask, you know, what are you, what are the experiences that you reflect upon your your career? Obviously, seventeen years in service. Um, talk to us. What would those experiences be? That's a good question. As you mentioned, how do you how do you respond and capture seventeen years? Uh, I look at it as having you know, multiple careers in under the one sort of employer, so to speak. Um, uh, the experience that um, signals 
core provided uh, from a, from a technical perspective is was was actually excellent, um, and I didn't realise how much value that that would have until I found myself in the role that I'm in uh, now, where you know there's there's management of, of technical teams, um, there's uh, been able to you know. Uh, transfer uh, what we're building as a product into capability, so you know, effectively being that translated between end users and, and and our technical team. So that that certainly helped for that aspect of, of the career. Um, as as a commando, uh, well, you do so many different roles within that. It's it's also hard to sort of describe, but to to try and capture the experience, um, your uh, you're part of a, a very high-functioning team, uh, a, a lot of talent around you, uh, and you're working in often very austere in environments under many challenges. So um, it's uh, you know, taking um, the ability to perform under those stresses um, in, in that context and then uh, applying that to my, my current role, for example, um, that's probably where the most benefit came. And you, you don't always get to really understand that until you know, it's it's a retrospective um look let's let's really think about what i did within the defense career and um yeah that's interesting I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about you know some of those aspects as, as we progress on um i also did some uh reserve time um and from experience i mean that was uh in my uh, first, I guess, career transitioning, I, I did have more time available and there was also a, a desire to still be part of the tribe that you just left and um, that, that, that really offered, offered that uh, from, a, from a more of a softer landings transition perspective. That's the, that was the motivation to stay connected to reserves. Yep. Um, and, you build up a network within that kind of reserve community. You know, you, you hear about doctors, lawyers kind of getting amongst it. That's it, interesting. You do. Um, and ultimately, again, that's been helpful in my current role because uh, multiple contacts within uh, emergency services, there's people within defence industry, there's other professionals. Uh, look, I think many people say, uh, and I don't want to draw too much of a, a correlation between it, but a lot of the benefit that people get out of doing an MBA, for example, is the network that they build um yeah. you can you're almost offered that environment within a, a reserve context as well that kind of takes me into you know what made you take that first step towards leaving the army what was that kind of initial trigger point uh, that's a good question there's a combination of things at the time um i i, I wanted to um, fix a relationship i wanted to uh look at trying to um you know, put a label on when's a good age to transition and then potentially build another career. But I mean, there, there's some of the things that you go, well, that logically that's, that's, that's what you would apply. But, um, you know, there were some emotive reasons to that as well. Um, you know, very busy operational tempo. Um, it's, um, you know, I, I had an analogy once that, look, it's, it's just, it's a fast train. If you want to be on it, you'll stay on it. And then when it's time to leave, you can just, you can get off and, and transition. So, mm. um, uh, it, it, end of 2013, um, we were looking at another deployment again. Um, it, was, it was a very active deployment, um, and uh, partway through um, that deployment, had made the decision to, you know, action and exit strategy. Um, so the paperwork went in. Um, I was working with a, a guy at the time, uh, and we you know, made the decision to get out and open a small business. Um, so uh, we 
sort of I certainly feel like I approached it in a um, in a deliberate sense, but you know, retrospectively, there were probably um, some emotive pressures onto that that didn't allow me to plan. Uh, as thoroughly as he could, um, you know, there's there's access to um, you know, education pathways and initiatives, and um, you know, I, I I wouldn't necessarily change what happened uh, for my specific case, but mm. um, but would give advice for other people to do it differently. And at that time, um, you know, which was probably many years ago, well, it was many years ago. Um, did you tap into any of those transition services that Defence provided at the time? No, personally, I didn't. Um, yeah, and there were things that you could have done up to a certain point. Um, yeah, uh, uh, a defence assisted study scheme, for example, is one of them. Um, there's other various pathways. Look, what what Wandering Warriors is doing now is is fantastic in that um, you're, you're certainly aiming to capture people prior to that um, you know, decision to leave, and then provide some guidance and some access to opportunities through that. And you know, we're talking about a transition and it's interesting that the transition um, shouldn't necessarily be a phase from when you decide to leave defence and then you're out the gate. You know, the, the transition continues and if I'm honest, I, I'm probably still on that transition pathway now. Um, uh, I was doing some uh, consulting work with a defence prime and uh, uh, I met a, a guy who in 20 years um, defence industry, but previously was 20 years in the UK military as well. He could see that I was very green, um, and you know, in a laughing way, said, "Look, Jimmy, you're you're going to keep on uh, bouncing around different roles uh, for the next five years until you find your feet, and you'll find something that uh, you enjoy. Uh, it offers you know a, a good career path, and um, uh, ultimately will will give you the purpose that you." again want to develop post post defense but and that was pretty confronting because you're not used to you're not used to failing at that at tasks within defense or you're not used to you certainly won't bounce around so many different roles or opportunities within a, a short period so um it wasn't advice that i appreciated uh, at that point but certainly um you know, the longer i'm on this journey the more it makes sense yeah, you look, you see uh, and you hear a lot of stories with people that have, have come from high-performance environments. Would you sit there and kind of look at that as, you know, the same with yours, you know, coming off a very successful career um, in, you know, uh, one of the elitist units, uh, obviously, within the country? Was that a period where you're sitting there going, well, I feel a little bit disorientated. Where to from here? Absolutely. Look, I don't think it's... I don't think it's meant to be easy. Any anything that was that rewarding as a career or that demanding, um, particularly from you know, what it, what you had to do to be successful within it, um, it shouldn't be easy to transition. Uh, if if you're very fortunate and you go from um, uh, one role directly in, into the other, um, then then congratulations. But you know, for for the most part, um, yeah, you're, you're right. The, the dust settles at some point, and then. Um, it's uh, it's it's very difficult to fight the urge to to, to not go back to that that kind of comfort zone for for, for what it's worth, yeah. um, and and it's not easy. Uh, yeah, I, I mentioned getting out at a time where we were very active. Um, there was there was quite a lot to process. Um, you know, I think I found myself in the, the space of about a four month period um, uh, moving 
moving location and transitioning out of defence, opening a small business, ending a relationship, um, and I'm still processing the back of a, a very busy deployment. So um, you're right. Uh, yeah, there, there were times where it was, well, um, this – this doesn't necessarily feel feel good. I'm not sure that I'm I'm in the best um, uh, state uh, from a from a, a mental frame of mind or from just from an overall health perspective. And um, it, it's at that point where it's it's most challenging that that you really need to focus on um, on what it is that you you're wanting to achieve. Yeah. Look, taking those steps into the land of unknown. You know, would you sit there and uh, I've come off of a very successful career. Um, I've now moved into being a small business owner. Is there a reset and adjustment there that you need to sit there and, go, and do a bit of a pinch test and go, well, hang on, I need to calibrate here? Absolutely. That, that, that's a multifaceted response to that, um, you know, whether it's from a workplace behavioural perspective or mm. um, just uh, uh, adjusting to a slightly uh, different tempo and, and, and outcomes that you need to achieve. Um, look, it, it's hard because my... You know, um, path into this role wasn't wasn't a linear progression, so to speak. I was still you know, floundering around trying different things up until the end of 2017. So, you know, um, uh, transitioned or discharged um, 2014. Um, did the small business gym thing for a while. Um, had a couple of consultant uh, consultancy roles, um, yeah, and that was. That was it was interesting because it was so diverse, um, but it wasn't wasn't necessarily going to offer any uh, long term uh, opportunities. Um, I, in fact, actually deployed again with um, the reserves in 2017, the start of that. And um, uh, it's funny you mentioned a sabbatical. Well, you know, my uh, partner um, she did back to back degrees and didn't do the the gap year, and I joined the army at 17. So part of the you know part of the the boss's approval process, so to speak, to, to do that deployment was, well, look, at the end of it, let's just go and travel for six months. And that and that was the reset, really. Mm. Um, you know, we went through through Africa and did some volunteering and um, just really um, had quite a, uh, a fulfilling, humble experience. Um, so I didn't really start to look at a um, uh, where I am now as a career choice until I got back at the start of 2018. Um, and... Uh, was working defence industry in a sales BD role. Um, in fact, we had Drone Shield on as, as one of the accounts for that. And um, you know, through developing the relationship with that company, um, that m- moved into um, an offer with them uh, full time in an, an operations role. Um, so, as as I said, it wasn't it wasn't a a stage deliberate linear progression in, into this role. Uh, it was more just a, a very fortunate opportunity and. Um, you know, you, you mentioned uh, mentorship, for example. I remember giving, um, being given this role as an opportunity, and um, not necessarily having um, the the confidence in the uh, experience that I had previously to to fulfil this. So, you know, I was quite intimidated by uh, what that requirement would be. And um, you know, there are a number of people, yourself included, that I, I reached out to and said, "Look, what what should I do here?" Um, and um, one of the, uh, I guess, retrospective, um, again, you asked about experiences, um, being able to um, look at your uh, defence experience uh, and, and translate into that into a, a corporate 
world, but then not only that, but, but back yourself um, mm. is, is something that's key. Um, and uh, you, you, you absolutely need to be able to um, um, uh, approach some of these opportunities with, with some confidence. Mm. Uh, and uh, in this case, it's, it's worked out positively. Yeah, I remember that discussion, uh, you know, quite vividly. We were talking about, you know, deciphering the experiences that you've done and, and how to repurpose that. Could you share with us a bit about Drone Shield in your current role? Well, what are you doing? I struggle to answer that almost every day because it's, it's quite diverse. But the, the reason it's diverse is, is why it's attractive. Um, Drone Shield are an Australian uh, SME. Uh, we're uh, about five years young as an organisation. We uh, develop and provide um, drone detection and countermeasure technologies um, uh, primarily to government organisations, so law enforcement and defence, for example. Uh, we do uh, everything from standalone products that enable the, you know, the dismounted force uh, through to integrated um, systems at site. So very multifaceted, uh, quite complex, um, very fast-moving um, and exciting uh, mm-hmm. as well. And, and it sounds quite technical. What, did you, what have you leveraged off from your defence career to kind of land a position like that, but more importantly, kind of, you know, flourish and grow? Uh, Within Drone Shield, it it was interesting because there wasn't uh, a a large amount of domain expertise from um, defence into the the organisation. So um, uh, noting that all of the early adopters are are likely to be military anyway, we really needed to focus on enhancing our solutions for that particular user group and... um, you mentioned communications so signals, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but even the role within uh, commandos is quite technical at times as well. So uh, a, a big benefit uh, to the organisation is being uh, is being able to inject um, uh, capability requirements into into practical changes or steps within our development cycle, product development cycle, um, and, and then being able to ensure that what we bring to market is, is going to be suitable to you know, the modern warfighter or the modern um, critical infrastructure uh, facility, for example. So, mm. um, look, it's, it's hard. Uh, I have an operations role. Uh, I, I still find myself split fairly evenly between a, a BD role as well, depending on um, what that engagement entails. But um, needless to say, um, being involved in uh, almost all aspects and business units uh, underneath the organisation has has been good. So I'm interested to know, um, in your current role today, and drawing upon, obviously, the studies that you've done um, and your defence experience, you know, what would you sit there and share with us all around those key takeaways from those experiences and that knowledge and how that's kind of helped and enabled you in your in your role today oh, that's a good question um look uh, education has been important i, I think it's, it's certainly uh, an enabler to an, a successful transition, um, and if I if I use uh, Wandering Warriors as as an example, um, particularly some of the work that you've been involved in over the last um, year or so, um, uh, diversifying those education options to people that are transition transitioning is also important. Um, uh, I'm, fundamentally, I'm, I'm still in a, a startup environment, so um, it's often quite chaotic. So. Yes, while the 
the education and the knowledge around what that's what that brings has has assisted um equally important are, are the attributes you bring to the workplace as well um which is where the defense career has has been important uh for that success yeah no that's you 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 touch on a good point there cuz soft skills are, are really what makes an organization right people um and in dealing with people and you know developing rapport and also things like you know, leading and, and and guiding and mentoring people. Um, do you, do you find that from that defence experience that that's kind of you know helped? Yeah. Look, here's an example. So we went through um, a pretty big growth period in the last twelve months, um, and particularly from uh, from some of the the, the STEM. Um, engineering roles that we've had um, extremely difficult to find good talent in Australia um, uh, uh, combine that with wanting to maintain a, a culture um, it, it was a, a challenging uh, undertaking um, so uh, you mentioned soft skills for example we've, we've placed as much um, emphasis on uh, maintaining uh, a culture and a willingness to, to work under that fast-paced startup environment as we have with um, some of the prerequisite educational requirements to get into those roles. And do, do you see that, um, you know, in the foreseeable future, would you undertake any other studies to obviously continue on your, you know, leadership aspects of your career? Absolutely. Look, uh, I would be uh, probably foolish not to want to undertake an, an MBA potentially an executive MBA at this point, uh, finding the time and the space to do that within the, the current environment uh, is, is the question. Um, uh, if, um, and considering the pathways that are available through Wandering Warriors, for example, through um, University of Queensland and uh, AGSM, uh, if you're in the uh, position where you can... Uh, transition through a full-time course and there's um, you know, the current cohort for example of uh, some really good um, points of contact within that then um, that that would be advisable um, you yeah. so uh, given given the time and space if I could have engineered it in a way where I, I potentially undertaken that course before this current role that that would have ultimately been uh, a huge benefit and for those that don't want to undertake education, and look, there's a lot where it's just not pertinent for that particular phase of your career or what you're currently doing, um, you know, what would you sit there and suggest to them? I think the good news story there is that um, as as more and more people transition and there's more and more of these, um, I wouldn't necessarily call them support organisations, but there, there seems to be things in place uh, uh, for uh any of your, um, you know, whether that be a, a, a veteran surfing uh, organisation and camp or um, or others, for example, there, there seems to, uh, regardless of what your uh, interests are, I, I think you could almost find some form of, um, you know, a veteran organisation that's aligned to that. And, and that's positive. Um, uh, I... I so you're talking about events and forums and kind of, um, you know, reunions and those sorts of things that kind of bring people together that you can, you know. Yeah, and, and look, where, where that is important to the individual uh, and, and they feel they need that, then certainly seek that out. Um, and with those support organisations, something I think that's been an encouraging trend, um, you know, recently has been that there's less of a focus around 
um, I guess, short-term um, interventions uh, and more of a focus around enabling transitions. Um, so, uh, and, and that's certainly been encouraging, you know, whether it's uh, Wandering Warriors or, um, or, or many of the others that are starting to realise that it's not just um, uh, potential short-term uh, fixes focused on mental health or, or other injuries, um, but it's how do we better enable a transition um, into a veteran workforce and you know, whether that's engagement with large organisations, you know, there's the state and federal government are involved now with certain initiatives. Um, you mentioned Salesforce at the at the start of the call and um, some of the uh, education pathways that they make. Um, you know, that's, in my mind, where the focus really needs to be. What, what's some of the stuff that happens organically um, that you think that um, has helped you that can just help people, not just through the transition, but ultimately post-service career? Uh, look, it, it, it's interesting. I mean, stay connected to your network, um, particularly if, if, if you need that for a form of support. And support can be anything. Support can be reaching out um, and catching up socially, but you, you might be unaware of what that's actually doing from a, from a, you know, a health perspective. Um, uh, look, I, I think there are, if, if I'm, if I'm frank, I, I literally haven't had the time to do much else other than work and travel for the last 18 months. Um, uh, I think it was, for the last 12 months alone, 200 odd days outside of Australia, um, working with travel. So, um, I, I personally haven't tapped much into that, but there hasn't necessarily been, been a need. Um, there's an awareness that they exist, um, and that you know, they're available. Thanks James. Do you have any final thoughts before we kind of wrap up today? Dan, look, thanks for the opportunity once again. Um, to, to summarise my experience, uh, and if I needed to give it to someone in 30, 30 seconds or less, it would be along the lines of um, have a plan, uh, be aware that the transition process isn't, isn't a finite uh, time, um, be willing to fail, uh, uh, and, and equally um, be, uh, be flexible in, in, in where you go. Uh, um, it's important to stay connected to a network. It's in, equally important to continue to network and, and build your networks through your professional journey. Um, and uh, you know, the, the, there's key aspects along um, that path, you know, one of which is education that, that really needs to be focused on as well. No, those are some great takeaways. I'd like, like to thank you, James, for coming on to talk openly about your experiences. Gave some really, really good insights and advice on how those can look to approach their transition. Uh, also consider education aspects uh, as a part of that transition uh, and also glean upon James's insights around rebalancing um, your purpose and identity post-career. I'd like to thank all of our sponsors, Omni Executive, Safran, Stripe International and also our education partners, University of Queensland, the Australian Graduate School of Management at UNSW, thank you. And for those that would love to know more about Wandering Warriors programs, please visit www.wanderingwarriors.org or you can email me directly at dan.parker at wanderingwarriors.org. We'll have a whole host of events taking place once the social distancing measures ease. We'll look at these events as being integral to keeping the veteran community close. You'll hear more about our T20 annual cricket game that we host in Sydney. 
along with the upcoming Veteran Touch Football Tournament, supported by the NRL and Touch Football Australia. And we also have a veteran surfing event taking place at the new Urban Surf Wave Park facility in Melbourne later this year. So that's all today. Stay healthy, keep fit, keep connected to your tribe and practice social distancing. Until next time, who dares wins. Who dares wins.